0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, SA's top boutique wealth manager. With me today is Suzanne Halman from Brenthurst Wealth in the Western Cape. And you've thrown me a bit of a curveball here because... It's all about something called medically boarded and the title of the piece that you kindly sent me, which will be published soon in some publication. What tax will I pay on a one million rand lump sum if I am medically boarded? What is it, please?
1: Hello, Lindsay, and good afternoon, listeners. Thank you. Lindsay, this is a question I, funny enough, received the last month or two from three or four various different clients as well as an online publication. Medically boarded is the inability of an insured to continue working for any form of an income due to poor medical health that will continue and be irreversible regardless of any treatment or medication, and it will continue for the rest of the insured's life. That is basically law insider's definition of what it is to be medically boarded. In layman's terms, it is you are too sick for whatever reason to work so that might be because you've got a heart condition you've lost a limb or any of those type of things that will inhibit you to perform your daily task to perform an income
0: you say for whatever reason Suzanne sorry to interrupt you what if you're a drug addict and you're totally addicted and you can't function in normal society that's self inflicted it's not as you say you've lost a limb in a car crash or something that's not but there must be so many loopholes here
1: yes so according to the income tax tax act fifty eight of thousand nine hundred and sixty two section twelve m note one two one states in the absence of policies and procedures specifying the circumstances under which an employee may qualify for retirement on the grounds of ill health or infirmity. The specific medical condition affecting the employee must be considered objectively. So each case is considered alone. So if you are an employee sitting behind a desk working with your hands every day, you might not be able to perform your job. But you can perform something else. You can become teleconsultant where you can still earn an income. So there are various criteria and stuff that needs to be looked at and will be playing a part in the final outcome of are you medically boarded? I know of someone that had a heart attack at the age of 26. He had a heart transplant at age 30. And the doctors told him, listen, here, you will never be able to work or take on any stress because your heart can give in. You had a heart transplant. So he was medically boarded at the age of 30.
0: Hmm. Okay. I used to work with a woman who had multiple sclerosis. Now she would come into the office, but on certain days a month, she just couldn't come in. She was incapacitated. So how does that work? I mean, the employer eventually gets fed up with that sort of thing. And what would happen then if, for example, she lost her job because of her condition and then couldn't be re-employed because of her condition as well? I know it's a slightly complicated one, but um, I wonder what would happen?
1: I'm not a specialist in the field, Lindsay, I'm honest about that, but if she goes to specialists and she goes through all the right channels to get the diagnosis to say that she is not able to perform any employment due to her MS… Yeah. I'm sure if she was part of a fund which covered disability, that's the one important thing. You can't claim disability if you're not part of a fund, if you didn't contribute to a fund with regards to ill health or disability, permanent or temporary disability. So if she went through all the doctors, all the scans and everything, and it was established that she won't be able to hold an employment due to her health, then I'm sure she will qualify for a payment either monthly payment or a lump sum payment.
0: Okay, let's move on to one other thing as well. I'm suddenly finding this quite fascinating because I'm sure there are so many checks that are done and independent medical evaluations. Not your doctor, but you know, the doctor of the insurance company or something like that that comes around and makes sure you're not just faking. But also you talk about mental health Now, in other words, it's not just physicality that they're talking about here. It's uh, the ability to work, you know, with a clear brain. And since COVID, mental health has become such a hot topic. So what about that? How do you prove that? That's easily faked.
1: Um, Yeah, it is easily faked. But again, there are multiple checks that needs to be done. Obviously, a psychiatrist will get involved. There will be possibly the voluntary... Admission to a psychiatric hospital where you are monitored and all that. So there will be various checks done to eliminate the fakeness of a claim. Obviously, there are always those that slip through. But with the medical technology and the vast medical field, that growth, there will definitely be checks and stuff that will be done to combat that fake claims.
0: Okay. How do you ensure yourself against being medically boarded?
1: You have to be part of an employee pension fund or a policy that covers this. So you can either have it through your employer or you can have a permanent disability policy through a company like Discovery or Liberty or Sunlum, which is completely apart from your employee pension fund. Then the big question that I got was, what would the tax be on these lump sums that I get paid? So that all depends on the type of fund that you are part of. You either get the approved fund or the unapproved group fund. So the unapproved group risk funds, contributions to the funds, monthly contributions, are not tax deductible, and therefore the benefit payout is tax-free in your hand once you received it. The approved risk funds, the contributions are tax deductible, but therefore the lump sum payments are fully taxable in your hands. And you have to be very certain that tax that they work it out, because there's two tax tables when you do withdrawals. There's a withdrawal tax table and a retirement tax table on these type of lump sums. So SARs work according to the retirement tax table when they work out the tax of this lump sum. You can ask your pension funds to run a simulation for you on SARS's website prior to the withdrawal and they will be more accurately be able to tell you what the estimate tax will be on these lump sum payments.
0: Yeah, you talk about 1 million lump sum, that's just an example, isn't it? I mean, if you've got your employee pension fund, but also you take out separate insurance against being medically boarded. Can you say no, if it happens, I need more than that, or I want to be paid out monthly, can that happen?
1: No. So if you receive a lump sum, you are insured for a certain amount for ill health. So that amount that you insured yourself for or the company insured yourself for, that was predetermined, you paid a monthly premium for that lump sum. So when you get to that stage and something like this happens, that's the amount that you get after tax or if there's no tax applicable you'll get that lump sum that is why it's so important that clients look at holistic investment planning investment planning is not just saving for your retirement through investments it's also looking at your long-term insurance being medically boarded ill health disability temporary disability, dread diseases, and all those things, that needs to be looked at. And you have to make sure that you've got enough should something happen to you. Because all of us have the risk that you can be hurt in a motor vehicle accident or something like that. And if you don't have these type of insurance in place, you may as well sit without an income at the age of 26 for the rest of your life. And 60 years without an income is a very
0: long time yes it is i was just thinking of something that's an extreme case you know that poor person the two-thirds of your life has been wiped out but exactly let's say that something happened to you at the age of 45 for example you've still got 20 productive working years if you're lucky enough to have a job and i think my maths is correct that's fifty thousand a year it's not very much
1: Exactly. That's why it's important to have these life insurances in place and also to review it and make sure, if you're lucky enough to get annual salary increases, to make sure that your insured salary is updated and holds space with what you're receiving because you get promoted, your salary gets bumped up. Now you still only. By a premium on your previous salary, something happens, and you have to get by with a lot less money than what you became used to.
0: Hmm. Interesting subject, Suzanne. And I imagine, with life becoming more complicated and more stressful, I would imagine there is going to be a lot more people looking at this, having listened to this podcast. Suzanne Halman is from Brentus Wealth in the Western Cape, and that was "It's My Money." "It's My Money" was brought to you by Brentus Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.